Oh. And like, a, how will we do kind of like a Christmas noise? Damn it. We don't have that kind of budget. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I mean, that sounded more like, that sounded more like Friday the 13th. But uh, I was gonna say, anyway, Raul, Raul, do the thing. We're keeping this in here, by the way. We're gonna keep it. Okay. Well, well okay. We, we can we can make we can make it a uh, we can make a blooper. We already fuck it up. <laughs> okay, just do the thing. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the see you next time podcast. I am Mister Raúl Rodriguez, and here is with me my beautiful elf assistant Billy Pollahan. I am the mailman. Thank you very much. And here, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, yeah, Mr. Postman. <laughs> well, today we're going to start doing our Christmas episodes. And Billy chose the first one. So, Billy, please let the, view- the viewers, the listeners, to know what kind of movie we're going to do today. So, the movie we're watching is the Netflix original, Klaus. Yes. Yeah. Fucking good I, movie. I chose it. If you listen to our if you listen to our top ten, it was on my top ten. It was, and reevaluating, I think it should be on my top ten somewhere. It should have been. Yeah, it should have been. Uh, so also, did you have won the Academy Award now? Fucking Toy Story Four. Sorry, Disney. Oh no, it definitely should have, or at least like a Emmy or something. Or, or, or a, glo- a Golden Globe, mm-hmm. at the very least. It should have won something. Yep, it didn't won anything. I think it won an Annie Award, I think. Well, it also won the British Academy Film Awards. It won for uh, Best Animated Feature, so... Yeah. So, so it won some awards, but yeah. So we are learning about... Or we're talking about Klaus, which is, you know, it's a take on the Santa Claus mythos told through the story of this disgruntled postman. And so the beginning of the movie, it's it's a bunch of letters, and there's a narration by our main character, Jesper Johansson, played by Jason Schwartzman, who I think his voice is absolutely perfect. Especially for the character he plays. Really perfect, but even though, for me, the character gives me so many David Spade vibes, the way that it's drawn. Yeah, it's very David Spade, but it has that sort of, like, whiny, uh, spoiled personality, which I I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, David Spade and Jason Schwartzman death battle. We'll We'll see who wins that. <laughs> Ooh, that will be a good battle. All right, so we get this montage of all these letters, and you know they're being sorted and stamped and all this stuff, and it's done like a military based yes. or like it, for whatever reason it's the postman candidates or whatever to get trained. It's like being in the military. It's very strange. They don't even have a drill sergeant. Yes, who is voiced by J.K. Simmons, uncredited. Ah, I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so Jesper is 
he is a lazy, spoiled son of the Postmaster General. And he has been intentionally not doing anything just so he can flunk out and get back to his pampered life. But his really pampered, very pampered. Like he has a tent and everything. He is he's Cusco essentially. Ah, that's why I'm. That's why I'm doing the David Spade. He's almost kind of like Cusco, also the way that the character is pitched. So yeah, his father is just like, no, you're not gonna flunk out. You're not getting off that easy. And I'm gonna send you to this town way over here on this big map called Smearinsburg, which has a reputation for being the worst. We don't know that at first, but we do, or they do. And uh, he says, if you don't mail and or deliver 6,000 letters, you can't, and you can, you can come home, but you'll be cut off. So yeah, he, he has to do it within a year. So we get him going to the ferry because it's it's far away and it requires a ferry ride. And I like the um the drill sergeant's just like, um, do you think that I mean that's a little harsh? And he's like, Well, he's gotta learn and he'll be thanking me one day and you just get a montage of him just getting hurt and just going, Thank you, Dad. He's like, thanks, Dad. Like, it's something pretty much kind of like Kelly and Buddy married with children. Thank, thank your father, kids. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so then he ends up go. He meets the harbor master, uh, Mogens, voiced by Norm Macdonald, which also works because he's very sarcastic. And you know who Norm Norm Macdonald is, and a really, really na- an asshole. I mean, yeah, he he's intentionally just like, oh, you know, uh, uh. very. I don't know why that sounded like Bob Dylan, but <laughs> <laughs> if you know who Norm Macdonald is, you know his voice works very well, being a sarcastic asshole, or just very much like aloof, just like not caring. And this is the uh, ferryman. So he goes over and he tricks him to ringing this bell because he's just like, oh, yeah, of course, you get a big entrance and you get a nice pampered house, especially a big welcome, big welcome. Just ring that bell. And he does. And then suddenly everybody in town is killing each other or they're 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 fighting. It's very clear that there are two sides. One is full of redheads. One is full of raven-haired people. And we meet the elders for the families, which are called the Ellingbow and the Crumbs. The head elder for the Crumbs is Joan Cusack. And, oh, that's why it sounded familiar. Yes. And mm-hmm. the Ellingbow, who is the uh, male, mm-hmm. is Will Sasso. Oh, nice. I like him a lot. 
yeah, he's been he's been doing some good stuff. I I liked that, you know, it's essentially the Hatfields and McCoys. If you know about feuds and it, it's a very famous feud in American history. So he ends up hiding out in this schoolhouse, which has been turned into a fish place. Kind of kind of like a creepy fish market. Yeah, a fish market. And we meet the teacher, Miss Alva, voiced by Rashida Jones. And she is she's got the messy hair, is just like, yeah, what do you want? And again, is like, wait, let me guess. You're a postman, and Mogan's t- tricked you into ringing the bell. <laughs> you know, she she's going through the motions. Meanwhile, just like slicing up a bunch of fish. Yeah, and they they all stink. You want to take it from here, buddy? Oh yeah, especially because it, it, the way that Alba says, "Oh, like, oh, welcome to Smearsburg, one of the biggest home of the biggest field, the with the crumbs versus the Ellenbos." And then it says, "Uh, that thing, that thing that you said about the that that thing about Megan's," and then they says, "I was like, oh." And then he, uh, Jasper sees um, I I don't know why in my notes I even put him Jasper, but it's Jasper. He sees a, a photo of Alba as she was graduating from school, and she's like, "That's you?" And she's like, "Yes, I got a teaching job, but no one sends their kids to school because they don't want their kids to be with their enemy. Are you gonna buy something or not?" And then. Uh, Muggins, uh, Norma Donald takes uh, takes uh, Jesper to the post office, and he has like so many drips and chickens, and they were like, "There are literal he, he he's in a yeah, chicken coop." chicken coop. And and then later, well, it technically also even though it's a chicken coop, but he said at the other side it was the post office, so it has to maybe maybe it was a chicken coop while they were they didn't have any postman yet. And so then he's like, uh, Mogus was like, oh, yeah. And now, you, and then uh, even Jesper was like, but this is all a joke, right? This is not the real house. You're going to take me to the real one. No, 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 no. This is when you're going to stay. Are you connected the dots? The dots? Like a, kind of like a, bringing it back of the way that they met. Like, because especially how Jesper is also kind of like a pretty douchey and he wants everything to be on his hand. Then he sleeps at night at the post office. I really like the way that he needs to get to the restroom. Like he's on the, he has to go kind of like a bridge, like a really uh, between a lot of snow and wind. That was pretty funny. Oh yeah, with the latrine, that was great. Yes, the, and then and then he realizes that he doesn't want to give up, and then he goes through the town, and he sees that not a lot of people. They come. The they don't send any letters, and especially because something that we skip when he was arriving to Smirnsburg, I really like the way that he sees all of the creepy children, kind of like doing that creepy snowman. All of the of the two ladies carrying kind of like a body. I really like those kind of tiny details from the town as we're getting to know Smirnsburg. Yeah, and something I wrote was it looked like something out of. It actually reminded me of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. It reminded me of a Tim Burton movie with how bleak it is. It's very gray and colorless. It's very much an intentional choice. 
even Morgan says when we we see Smithsburg for the first time, I was like, oh, you should come in the spring. Those grays pop. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying we to get some letters. And through this, he comes across this big house of, I suppose, one of the uh, crumb elders because it's they have dark hair. And this kid who is up in his room, he he drew a picture of himself in there, and it it blew away because the wind got it, and so Jesper gets it, and he convinces the kid, or he almost convinces the kid, to mail it to himself, and then the dad comes with the with the hounds, and they chase him away, but he does keep the picture. And he he has it in an envelope and everything. Yeah, especially the way that he says, I was like, oh, like, uh, I really like the way that Jesper kind of tries to ne negotiate, like, with the kid. I was like, I can mail it to you. you. Just give me a penny. I will stamp it. And I put it right here. And I'm like, I really like the way that even though his goal is so damn far away, but he will try to do his best to get to that goal. I really like the way that he, the way that he schemes. In that moment, especially like the kid was like, oh, daddy, this older gentleman told me how to postage and send a mail. And, and, and the way that he worded that kid is on the pretty creepy. Like he put Jasper in a really harder position. <laughs> and so he is about to or he, he is at one of his he's out of options, really. But he notices on the map. Smearnsburg, because he tried literally everywhere except this one place, like far, uh, kind of like in the mountains, west. Or no, 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 not west, east, far east, and it's the home of this reclusive woodsman named Klaus. Like we, we just hear he's he's a he's a woodsman. He just keeps to himself and doesn't really bother anybody. So he goes there to try to get, you know, the letters and stuff. And it all is, it's almost abandoned. It, like, it looked abandoned because it was all dark and everything. And he, the door was open because little did Jesper know Klaus was there. He was just chopping wood. And he enters the house and he notices all of these toys. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of toys. He is hiding from Klaus, and his mailbag ends up tripping one of the shelves of toys that gives him away because he sees that Klaus is huge, very imposing, very scary with an axe, and he just bolts out of there. But while he's bolting out of there, the the drawing of the sad kid is dropped in the snow. You know, Klaus doesn't notice this at first until this seemingly omnipotent wind picks it up for him or, or puts it in his way and he notices the picture. And Jesper is just trying really hard to just get as far away as possible. And he's just like, that's it. I've had it. I do not care. I, I would rather be alone on the street than with my head cut, cut off. Yeah, and especially the way that 
I really like the way that they frame that scene that he's in the Klaus house and then the way that he sees it like so menacing, almost kind of like a horror scene. And the way that he runs away, he's like, I'm going to get out of here. It, it reminded me, I don't know why, of Beauty and the Beats. I was like, I cannot be here anymore. And the way that you see Klaus also kind of like with the the shadow, like uh, the way because he's so big, it reminded me of Beauty and the Beast. I don't know why. <laughs> but then Klaus finds where the post office is. He goes into town. This is during the night as well, which I thought was interesting because, you know, you would think that he would just do it in the middle of the day. But he forces Jesper to deliver one of his toys because he he thinks that one of his toys will make the kid happy he does just that and he has to get through all the security all the bear traps the hounds and everything but he's not he's he's not moving and so no the way that klaus yeah the way that klaus opens the fucking metal bars to put out jesper inside Then he, then he bends the bars back, mm-hmm. which is even better because you have to be even stronger to do that. He noticed also that Jesper was on a board. If you hit it hard enough, you can put him in the chimney of that house. So he does that. He gives him, you know, he gets the wrapped gift, stomps on the wooden board and catapults him into the chimney. So that's how Santa coming down the chimney came to be, even though it was a mailman named Jesper. And also Klaus scares the hounds with his imposing figure. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at him. He doesn't say much, if anything. I think he starts talking until in the second part of the movie. Yeah, I liked that he didn't say much. You just... He, He was a man of action and very little words but when he does talk it's actually jk simmons which that makes a lot of sense because he's got a very jolly voice his voice that i knew his voice works really well for santa yeah especially i really like the way that or or klaus in this case he's not called santa (laughs) yeah he's called klaus with a k so i really like the way that klaus is holding jesper and he's seen in the window the way that the child is so happy opening the gift. And I'm not going to say it until we get there, but I really like the way that they, you see his eyes and the wonder that he's getting at the same time that the kid is getting that wonder of happiness with that toy. I really like that moment a lot because it means a lot when we get to know a part of his backstory. Yeah, and so the kid ends up playing in the street with... Um, an Elling bow. So, you know, the, the parents are just like, oh my God. And so they go to the elders and they're just like, this is bad. And ever since all of these events, which I highlighted one, which was the great mooning of 86. <laughs> you, you put on that one also. <laughs> oh, that was, I, I had a good chuckle over that. Me too, because this is my third time watching the movie and I didn't notice that there were asses. <laughs> the mooning thing. Oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention that Klaus is very quiet. Like, not just speaking-wise, but he moves ridiculously fast for a big guy. Like, you don't even know he's there, which is the whole thing of 
like is Santa really there? That that sort of scenario. That's why he's so quick with all the toys. The the kid gets a wind up frog as well. I, I put that note. I don't know why it was important. Uh it but, is important yeah. because Sister Nikki is the first toy that we see during the whole movie because I did like the way that they sometimes they frame the toys because especially because Klaus is the one that builds them. So it's kind of like uh, it shows like the detail in the animation. Also, another thing that we haven't brought up, I fucking love the animation in this movie. Yes, the animation is gorgeous. I thought it was 3D at in some points, but no, it was actually all 2D. It was done with a lot of different shading, different drawing techniques, but it's all 2D and it looks phenomenal. It's like because I really like that because also especially it's kind of like the way even though it's not the same technique, but I really like the way that they mix a lot of different techniques of animation in Klaus as also they did in Spider-Verse. So I really like that, that they think that they implemented in also in Spider-Verse also and they did it in Klaus. I really like that about the animation. And then I, uh, what was the next thing? Oh, and then the following day, as we're seeing that those kids playing, Je- Jesper is in the in the post office. Is that all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my God, he's coming back to finish the job because he still thinks that Klaus is gonna kill him." And then he's like, and then he sees three children. I was like, "So, Mister Postman, our cousin told us that he, if he sent a letter to Mister Krause, he got a toy. Can we also send some mail also? And we have the penny for the postage. And the way that you see Jepper Jesper's pupils lighting up." That he's already making an idea in his head. I really like that moment also. Yeah, and so word spreads fast among all the children. He gets them to write a ton of letters or write like a picture or something because we learn later that most of the nobody can write. Which I, that was and that, like, whoa. and that's when he suggests to go to, to Alba, the kids to go for it to her. Start. He convinces Klaus to do it by, you know, like saying, oh, just think of the children and all that stuff. And so he does. And, you know, he starts sending them through the chimney. And we learn about or the origin of the gifts and stockings was because Jesper didn't want to come out of the chimney and because there were dogs. And so he just puts the yes. uh, presents in there, and the myth about or uh, the cookie, or the myth about like the kids when they say it was like, but how Mister Klaus did it? I don't know magic. The way that he can get inside chimneys, even for a big guy. Yeah, he 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 just throws Jesper in there, and uh, Jesper is a very skinny man, so he can get through fine, and the. You know, Santa eating cookies is because there was a cookie on a counter and Jesper just ate it because, of course. And I think there was milk there as well, but I'm not sure. This is the, like, uh, we already said about, oh, something that we skip During this kind of, like, seeing the le- the letters and Jesper doing the, he's kind of like, a, I like the way that he's kind of, like, do it. It almost kind of feels kind of like a drug, like, business. It was like a... He's like getting the kids like to slide the mail and everything yeah. that you like underhanded like is just like hey hey you got it 
Don't forget about the penny <laughs> as well, because he explained how to mail a letter. Because you got to pay for the stamp. Mm-hmm. And then we see Jesper meets this cute, I, I first call it the Sammy girl. The, the way that she's had grown. Oh, no, no, no. We, we forgot to mention Alva. Like, he sends the kids to her to the school so they can learn to, to write to Klaus. She gradually starts reopening the school with... They established it earlier in the film that she has a bunch of money, which is hidden away in fish. But she has... She was almost has enough to leave Smearnsburg. She starts using her own money. I like that she was very reluctant at first, and she's just like, "Look, if I teach you something, will you will you leave? You know, just like go away and all that stuff." And she teaches a girl to write her name, and they're like, they're super eager to learn, and they're like, "Oh, oh, we will learn how to do this." And you know, her face starts lighting up and is like, "Oh shit." I can actually mm-hmm. do this. I really like that moment also. We get the first naughty kid. Oh, not yet. First, like uh, Jesper, uh, they're kind of like, a, we haven't said that that detail, that they're kind of like in a carriage with only like one weak uh, horse. And then they're getting all of the toys and they're like, and Jesper was like, oh, this is already getting too heavy. And then he even says to Klaus, I think you should lose some weight. And he's like, no, we just need to take some bags. And then uh, Jesper sings the reindeers. I was like, I have an idea. And he tries to get the reindeers, but then Klaus, he just makes them come together. He's kind of like giving giving them something to eat. And then he makes uh, the exactly kind of like in the legend, like um, 12 reindeers, like attached to the carriage, like to carry all of the, all of the toys. I really like that detail because kind of like he's starting also the rule how Klaus has the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. Holy crap. I think I said Blitzen twice, but you know. You know them and um, you know the name. You know, there was no Rudolph. Ru- Rudolph is not canon. Well, not in Klaus. Mm-hmm. That's true. It is in my heart. <laughs> and. So the reindeer just take the carriage off like crazy. They're super fast because, yeah, reindeer are awesome. And when Jesper Jesper was delivering the toys, he's delivering the toy of this kid that called him a loser and threw a snowball at him earlier. And he's just like, oh, okay, you don't get a present, you little punk. And he he notices some coal. Mm -hmm by the fire and so he just gets a lump of coal and puts it in the stocking so that's how that came to be but i really like the way that the bully says was like postman say i sent mr claus a letter and i only got a piece of coal what gives and then jesper says no he's like he knows he sees everything yeah because at first he correctly guesses that jesper did it but he's like how who else would know like who else would have a grudge against me and he's just like oh no i didn't need to he said Klaus knew about it because he knows. He's like, he keeps a list, a naughty list, he calls it. And you still yeah. want to throw that snowball? You, you see the, it's, it's the, it's the yeah. solo moment, you know, like where he's just like, it's the, the naughty <laughs> list. You know, he, he's like, ah, and, and, so clever. 
like in solo when he's just like how about han solo especially when you hear that kind of like rap song was like and you don't mess with the postman i was like that's a pretty cool moment (laughs) and then all of the children start doing a lot of good things in the town like they control traffic because they all want toys yeah because they don't they all want a toy they treat everyone nicely they make all of the people start fighting each other and the elders are starting to notice yeah they just they refuse to end the feud the family feud no, especially i like that thing that when they kind of like it's a little ahead but when they gathered together it was like we need to stop this why 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 would there's why, why all the people are not here it's because they're in hay rides they're, they they do dinner and don't forget about the brunches yes 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 i'm gonna say about the brunches don't forget about the brunches <laughs> Oh yeah, and an interesting thing, their their respective um you know, the big son and the big daughter. Yes. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah, they're actually voiced by Sergio Pablos, the director of the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, this was actually a Spanish production. Like half of this was a Spanish production and the other half was made up of mostly animators that worked on Disney Renaissance movies, including uh, Sergio Pablos. Nice, I didn't knew that. Yeah, so they are just like we're we're making a truce to, or we're making peace so that we can disrupt the peace that's going on right now in town. Yeah, pretty much. No, and then, and then somebody rings the bell, and then they immediately start fighting. The minutes are fighting, but. Before that moment, I really like the the first time that Klaus speaks. He says, a true selfless act sparks another. Yes. That's kind of like the catchphrase of the movie. Which is the message of the movie, yes. And it's really weird to think that this was all done for selfish reasons. Initially. Because Jesper's just doing this so he can get out. And he he's essentially bribing the kids. To do good. And lying to Klaus. And lying to Abba. Yeah, yeah, he lies to his friends. The elders first, they try to sabotage Jesper and Klaus because they know that it's the postman as well. It results in, I I think one is a log and one is a rock, but they didn't know that they were both going to ambush each other or they were going to ambush at the same time. And the result of it though is that part of the carriage like the lower half with the wheels is gone so that's where you get the sleigh and then immediately they they jump off of a cliff side or they they built up enough momentum to fly across this cliff side and one kid sees it so that's where santa flying on his sleigh with reindeer comes from it's it's little things like that that i love it's all staples of Christmas, but it's it's doing an origin in a very unique way, and I don't really recall anybody else doing it like this. It's very clever. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up because I really like the way that they build on the mythos of of like what what is Christmas and Santa Claus, especially like how all of the kids everything started because of rumors. Because all of the kids kind of like they have their own kind of like theories of what is Mr. Klaus, like with the chimney about the cookies, 
about the naughty list. I really like the way, like you said, like they built the mythos of Santa Claus, even though 50% of the job also Jesper does it as well. <laughs> I would say that Jesper actually does most of it because he delivers the toys, he delivers the letters, but Klaus makes the toys. Yeah, makes the toys. And pulls the sleigh, I suppose. The deadline is approaching, and Jesper does have a significant amount of letters, but they're running out of toys because Klaus only made so many toys. And Jesper is trying to persuade him to, he's like, Christmas, because Christmas is coming up. We, we don't know, or actually, yeah, yeah, Christmas is, you know, about the birth of Jesus, and he's just like, oh, we could do this, this is perfect, in time for a holiday. He is like, oh, we could put this stuff here and here, and Klaus is just like, no, no. And we see this giant alcove with a wooden display of these figurines of a man and a woman. And it's clearly something that Klaus, it's from his past, and he doesn't want to talk about it. He kept it hidden. And he's, he's just like, just leave. And so he does. And this is when you see Jesper is just like, oh, Klaus, I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. He's very much, he regrets doing that, but he, he didn't know. He didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean to hurt Klaus's feelings. Reconcile because Jesper was going to make a gift for this little girl. I, how, how have we not talked about, uh, Margu? Margu. Yeah, this young Sami girl. She's so fucking cute. She, she is. She's a transfer um, student. She speaks Sami, which is a indigenous Finnish people, which is it's um, parts of northern uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and the Kola Peninsula, and. It's essentially it's it's Baltic people, and she's speaking this language. In the Netflix subtitles, don't even say what she's saying. It just says speaks in Sami, which I I like that. So you can just interpret what she has to say. I think it was intentional, and she is so mm-hmm. cute. Yes, her fucking blue eyes, her like uh, her. Blonde hair, the way that her outfit. I want a plushie of her. She literally waits at the post office uh, just so she could see Jesper. It's so cute. And she wanted a sled because she drew it. And he, you know, Jesper can't make the toys, but he still tries. And Klaus sees this and he's just like, hey, we're making it. And so they make it. And it's an awesome sled because it also ends up having like a sail attached to it so she can like glide across the ice. That's a really cute moment. Yeah, and this is the first time that Klaus and Jesper really see the impact of what these gifts do. Because this is somebody that didn't want it for selfish reasons. She just wanted it just because she thought it would make it would it would bring her joy, but she doesn't want anything else out of it aside from just like, you know, something to play and be a kid. This is when we see Klaus and Jesper like 
they're both smiling and seeing what an impact that has. This is the second time for Klaus, but this is really the first time for Jesper. Then they go back to to Klaus's, Klaus's cabin, and that's when Klaus opens up about Lydia, his wife. His late wife. He explained that he made all the toys for him and his wife were going to have children, or they wanted children. And so he made a bunch of toys because they had moved out there in the woods because it was secluded and his wife really liked it. And just the kids never came. That, that shit happened. Yeah. And so that's why Klaus planned. That's why Klaus had made so many toys because their plan was going to, have to have like 20 children. Because that's, that's why this big alcove uh, and the wooden display that was going to be for all the kids that they were going to have. They were going to have a lot of them too. They planned for a lot. All we know is about his wife is just that he said then she just got sick that's all we need to know we don't know what it was we just know that he lost his wife also every time that we 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 see that ominous wind that's technically kind of like the spirit of his wife kind of like talking to Klaus. yes very heavily implied to be his wife and that's the reason why he kept making birdhouses Throughout, you would see him make all these birdhouses, and he said, my wife loved birds. So that's really, he, he feels like he's honoring her, and he makes a lot of them. Yeah, and so when he finishes telling that story, Klaus says, well, we're going to do this Christmas thing that you that you pitched to me, and so we're gonna, and we can span it to different towns every single year. I just want to bring joy mm-hmm. to more children, and just Jesper says in a lower voice, I might not even be here. Like without Klaus hearing him, because now Jesper is kind of like doubting leaving Smirinsburg. Yeah, he's actually starting to warm up to it. And then he goes to see Ava, Alva, sorry, and he goes to see Alva, and then he sees that the school is already remodeled and clean, and all of the children are happy, and she's teaching. And then Alva says, like, you haven't noticed what you have done, right? And then he. She takes uh, Jesper to kind of like a, kind of like the center of the town, and you see all of the people cheering, putting Christmas decorations, and like it's the traditional like you know town during Christmas, and you, like he sees people ice skating, just everybody having a great time, and the the colors are starting to pop out as well. It's very much like Christmas colors. Yes, and it's for him also to notice what he has done to the town. Which is very, it's a wonderful life, I might add. You know, like how one person can affect so many others. So Jesper and Klaus, they're starting to move all this stuff, but, you know, there are certain things that are just super heavy, even for Klaus. And so Margu comes, with her people, a lot of the people to help, you know, build the Santa's workshop, essentially. Klaus's workshop, so he could make all the toys. And even make him the outfit. Yes, they give him a traditional suit, that uh, a, a traditional uniform that her people wear, which is, you know, the red suit. And Alva also joins as well, because logistics and all that 
But while that well, while this is happening, the the feuding families were sabotaging the mail for because they found uh, Jasper's six thousand letter goal. Mm-hmm. So they sabotage it, and they were also kind of like putting even more bags of letters to Norma Donald's boat. And so, and then it's already December twenty fourth, and they're already gonna start doing the whole operation of Christmas, and then. Uh, and during this time, like Alva, Jesper, and Klaus, they start to really bond and develop genuine friendship. And also with the um, the the Sami people as well, Argu and the Sami people. Like you, there are certain there are scenes where you see them, you know, uh, getting along and all that stuff, and just having good human interactions and the elders they they posted fourteen thousand letters by the way that is a lot of mail and then jesper's father shows up and this is the liar revealed cliche which i usually hate i love the liar reveals in movies i do not like the liar revealed cliche it does nothing but just bog the story down and you know how it's gonna turn out but in this case i actually appreciated it and i'll tell you why because Jesper, throughout the entire movie, he had self initially selfish intentions, and you can see like how he changed. And but he never told his friends. He was never honest with his friends, and it really hurt them. And you can see it on their faces, especially Klaus. Like, man, do they draw the expressions really well. Jesper is going home, and he just looks as depressed as when he was going into town. And Morgan's the, the ferryman, notices this. That That's why Jesper's dad is just like, oh, I, I wonder why he's so sad. You know, he's going back to, like, the rich life. And then we see Margu was going to... she. She didn't want Jesper to go. Yeah, you see her screaming, Jesper, Jesper. And I, it's, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to hug her so bad. I was like, I really like the way that they framed that scene so much. I was like, she looks so cute, but she's so sad at the same time. <laughs> and we see that Jesper didn't leave. Actually, it was his father. Because Jesper told the truth. He revealed everything. He said his father told him that he's finally proud of him said it was the best thing that he's ever done and allows him to stay in smearnsburg and this is where we get the the final act with the elders with one more ploy oh yeah so he sees uh he's already on the dock with margo and he's like uh the thing that he just said that he that his father was proud of him and then he sees from afar he sees that the all of the family the the feuding families are already like kind of like in a mob, kind of like um getting to the other side of the Osmirisburg to where Klaus's cabin is. And so then we see Klaus already preparing the sleigh with all of the toys, and then they have all of the bag, and then the families are like, oh, finally, and you have everything prepared to us. I was like, because we want everything to go back the way that it was. How long? I'm pretty sure it will take. It will not take that long for the children to start hating each other again and everything go back to normal. 
And then all of a sudden you see Jasper running, kind of like a Mission Impossible kind of style of running, like trying to get the sack. And then because he gets to the sleigh, was like, we can do it, we can do it. And then he notices that they put it in, the reindeer were not attached to the sleigh. And I really like the way that they framed Klaus. Also, I really like the thing that we haven't mentioned, like when they had their own sleigh, it was really tiny. So Jesper, we always needed him to be in a corner because Klaus is a big dude. And now because they have a bigger one. He's literally a block. Yes. He's almost as, the way that he's drawn, he's almost as big, kind of talking with Spider-Verse. Uh, yeah, it's Kimpin. Yeah, exactly like Kimpin. I would, I always make the joke, I was like, how the hell did Kimpin fit in that car in Spider-Verse? <laughs> and so they're kind of like, uh, I can really use your help here, says Jasper. And, he, and Klaus is like, ha, use. That's a really good choice of words. He's like, damn it! As the, also as the families are trying to get to the toys, and I really like when you see that. Also, that that mine. I only call her the mine girl. The way that she kind of like stumbles, almost like a fucking dinosaur, like chasing them because she saw them big in the way that she runs. And then, uh, the other big child of the other family, when the one with the black hair saves mine girl and there's they fall in love in that moment like throughout this entire thing jesper is just like look klaus i'm sorry okay and klaus is just not having any of it you just see it on his face but after they come to like the cliff edge and everything and jesper managed to just stop the sleigh even klaus is just like jesper let it go and he's like no and I think that's really when he's like, "Oh man, he really did change." I like it. you don't see you don't see it on his face or anything. I think that's the moment when he's just like, oh, "Okay, he proved." Yeah, but then Lady Crumb shows up and she was like, "No," and then like technically she destroys the bag, she pushes it away, and we see Jasper. She was like, "No," he sees all of the toys going to the to the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fall over the cliff, like like the Grinch who stole Christmas if he actually successfully did it. Hmm. Yeah, today, good, good comparison. It's, come, it's like the Grinch. Mm-hmm. And so... But then Jesper says, an act of goodwill sparks another. And he's like, yeah, right. And he's just like, don't believe me. Look behind you. We see that <laughs> the mind girl has, has the guy in, in his arms in her arms and they're just like what and you know they they run off because they clearly don't approve but then alva and klaus reveal that they were fake they were just blocks of wood and they learned it because the children talked about the elders plot during school and you know that got to Alva because she listens and she told Klaus and they replaced it with the decoys. And they, even they, Alva was like, everything was going to be so well, but just, just came and complicated things. <laughs> of course it did, but in the best possible way, but you can see it on their faces. They're just like, all right, we forgive you, you know, cause they, they can see that he really has changed. And so they delivered the presents. And then, we see kind of like some Jesper narration 
well, after we see all of the kids happy with their toys, that they started doing it as a tradition to every Christmas, and they expanded the operation. They did more toys. Oh, and the marriage of the the Crom and Ellingbow children it forces the families to grudgingly end the feud. They're just like, all right. And then also, but yeah, they 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 do it every year. And then also, Jesper and Alba they they hook up. They started to with the. They also they get married and also they start they have children, as they have two children and it's because, uh, you know we do see that there were some there was some chemistry before, and you can see that honestly I thought Alva and Klaus were gonna get together at first because I thought like is Alva Mrs. Claus that would have been cool but then then I was just like oh okay no it's. Or I was also like, is Jesper going to be like Santa? Just the un... He he just won't take the credit. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say that. I also had that theory the first time I saw the movie last year. And I'm like, I thought that that was going to be kind of like the twist. I was waiting for that. But I'm glad it didn't happen, though. But yeah, for the next 11 years, he and Klaus deliver presents on Christmas in Smearinsburg. And of course, beyond to other villages. And that is where, um, you know, every year you see, you just see how gradually older Klaus is getting. Hair is getting whiter. He's getting more wrinkled and everything. And then on the 12th, yes, bigger beard, if you can believe that. But then on the 12th year, while Klaus is chopping wood, he follows these wisps of wind. And they they guided him throughout the entire movie when he first met Jesper. And he just goes and he says, I'm I'm coming, love. And he disappears. Pretty much implied that he just went into the afterlife to join his wife. I thought you were gonna say that he was one with the force. No. We are we're not we are not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Jesper says, like, he look at the empty house, he look everywhere for him, and he just, he didn't know what happened to him. It didn't make sense. But then we see him at his house with Alba and the kids, and then he pulls out a tray of cookies and a glass of milk, and he says, sometimes I always wonder what happened to him. But at least I know that once a year I can see my friend again. As we're hearing the bells of the reindeers. Yeah, so Klaus's spirit still delivers toys to children around the world. As, you know, Santa Claus. I like that. And that's how our movie ends. So yeah, Klaus, I thought, was very unique. Beautifully animated. And just the little details, like, um, just for some background, Pablos has said that Smearinsburg, it's a deliberate misspelling of Smearinburg, which is a former Dutch and Danish whaling station in the Arctic of Svalbard, because they, they had, the animation team actually went up into, like, you know, the Baltic and did some research up there, because you know it, it's the legend of 
Santa Claus is very much like the legend or he he's taken from St. Nicholas. And that's where St. Nicholas was from. Like far up north there. And so they wanted to do a different take on it, but still like retain the spirit. And I think they did a great job. Just excellent voice cast, excellent animation once again. And on another note, this film is dedicated to animator and scene checker Mary Lesher, who passed away from cancer, unfortunately, before this film was released. And she'd worked on Klaus as well as Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. Wow. So like I said, like um, Sergio Pablos actually worked on Aladdin, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, and Tarzan. And a lot of people. Oh, really good movies. Yes. And these, he got all these animators and he, he has his own, he just wanted to make a movie. And they came up with the story all of that and I'm really glad that Netflix brought it up because I feel like it's not or with how available Netflix is and how easy how many people use it I think that that worked to its benefit so people can discover it more like people discover shows on Netflix all the time like Breaking Bad Shit's Creek The Office you know all stuff supernatural and i think that this is a really good film in their catalog really the biggest thing is that it has so much heart and you can't help but feel like you're in the christmas spirit because you genuinely care about characters no like um everything you just said i totally agree like um i remember when i started watching this uh i didn't even knew about it last year like it was around around in November, I think I saw it when it was released on Netflix. All of a sudden, I was listening to critical acclaim, and like for even Whitney to to for him to love an animated movie, and I'm like, wow, this this should have been this has to be a really good movie, and especially a Netflix one. And so I watch it, and I'm like, the first the only complaint that I have with Klaus, I would have loved to see this movie in the theater, like uh, you know that I. Uh, I like to watch a lot of movies in the theater. I'm not kind of like, I don't like to watch new things on my TV or my phone. But even though still watching it on my TV, this movie is gorgeous. The animation, the voices, the story. Like even the way that you say, the way that it builds on the mythos of of Santa Claus. This movie is amazing. Also, it's really funny. It has a lot of adult jokes. I really like the... And like the things hidden in it, especially like when you see it multiple times. Like I didn't notice the mooning joke until the right now, until I saw it for the podcast. It was it's my third time watching it. So yeah, this movie was great. Like it doesn't rely on current pop culture jokes. It's just good humor. It does a thing like uh even there's not even does talking about pop culture, like the only pop culture thing that it has in the movies when you hear you listen to how you like me now. And that rap that was like, don't mess with the postman, but that's it. Yeah, like they use it very sparingly. Just before we give our uh, rating and all the plugs, I just want to plug our friend Kingslayer Network, uh, Cal, our our friend Cal. He's He's got his own YouTube channel. It's not the biggest, and I think that should change. 
because he's a genuinely really good guy. He did an after show with our friends Tom and Kimber on Game of Thrones, and he he knows his stuff. He's he's just a genuinely really nice guy, and no, like he's a really nice guy. I got to he he gave me a ride from New York to Philadelphia when we met in 2017. He's a really nice guy, and he knows a lot. Like uh, that trip for three hours, we started discussing a lot about Star Wars, kind of like mythos, and we had theories about we had theories about the Last Jedi, and then he also told me a lot of things about the Clone Wars show, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so he knows his stuff. He he knows a lot of lore. I, I'm I'm glad that we're friends so buddy overall how would you rate klaus i think it's pretty obvious i will give it an 11 it was on my top 10 of last year i fucking loved it okay i'm going to go with a nine and a half (gasps) amos tigers are not afraid i really on a rewatch this film was i think i might watch it every christmas now yeah honestly i really do believe that more people should watch this movie if they haven't already. I'm pretty sure, especially because you brought it up about the Netflix thing, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to watch it because it was also nominated for an Oscar the, earlier this year that it should have won. Very much deserved to be nominated. And it, it should have won. It should have at least won a Golden Globe. I know we said we've been repeating the same stuff, but we wouldn't be repeating it if it wasn't true. Yeah, because that fucking mouse... One, <laughs> Toy Story Four. <laughs> yeah, it was like when Brave won. Wait, Brave won? I didn't remember that. Of course. Like, I, is for me. I I don't hate Brave like a lot of people, but I know his mistakes. It's a nice movie, but I didn't know that it won. Wow. Yeah. No, the two movies that are not Disney or Pixar that have won that stick out in my mind are Spirited Away and into the spider-verse oh that's true that's the only two movies that i can think of yeah well no also i'm pretty sure i think shrek won the first yeah shrek yes shrek won the first ever animated feature which is amazing that it wasn't a disney movie but this was during the post-renaissance so they weren't exactly putting out the greatest material even though i will argue that it has it has some of the best I mean, this was when I think I think it's when Emperor's New Groove came out. Chicken Little sucks. But it would have been around the time Fantasia 2000 came out. Yeah, the only two of the post-Renaissance that suck, by the way, are Home on the Range and Chicken Little. Those are literally the only two for me. I could defend Home on the Range, but Chicken Little is a piece of crap. Nobody likes Chicken Little. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> no one. Oh, 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 which one is worse? Chicken Little or Mars Needs Mom? That- that doesn't even count. <laughs> We're never doing that on the show, by the way. No. You don't want to do the Semekis CGI trilogy? <laughs> yeah, only if I'm drunk. <laughs> no, um, I'm really impressed that Billy has gone two point it has gave two nine point fives. I hope that his only thing will not be only the Dark Knight because I would love to do that joke for a long time. That he's a no, no, no. But given what's coming up, mm-hmm. may or may not have 
up my sleeve. Ooh. I mean, we both got to pick movies. So next week. Um, it's a very neat choice. It's very much a Raul choice. We're doing Jingle All the Way with yes! Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad and little Jake Lloyd. And I forgot his name right now. A legend, the guy from News Radio. Oh, Phil Hartman. That's right. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> totally forgot about that. But yes, and we can connect the two because they both have mailmen. And put the cookie down. <laughs> and cookies. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Not drunk. Oh yeah, they do have they do have reindeer. <laughs> Not drunk reindeers. <laughs> you can follow me at Billy Batson's Lightning on Instagram, and you can follow me on Twitter at bbusterbill. All the bees are capitalized there, and on Instagram, nothing is capitalized. I decided to switch it up, and you can also follow our Twitter page at SYNS Pod. Raul, where can they find you on all the socials? You can find me at Raul Vader RDC on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Letterboxd, and Stardust on the same handle at Raul Vader RDC. And also, please drop us a like, a comment on Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Send us a message, a tweet. Send us a just I just want more more mail for to for a, for us to ask Billy for me to make my last Jedi jokes again because it's not happening for the rest of the year. <laughs> you bastard! You know he keeps talking about it. One day we'll make all of the Star Wars movies. That's gonna be a promise. All the Skywalker movies or just all the movies in general? Oh yeah, I forgot. On only the sky the episodes. So, yeah, just the Skywalker saga. That'll be a long three months. Um, but remember that I promised that when we started the podcast that maybe I'm go we're going to do Rogue One just because I want you to see me suffer. Yeah, Ro Ro Rogue One is Raul's favorite of the Star Wars movies. So, you bastard. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> anyway, uh, have a good day. Thank you for listening. and And see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun.